What's good, Will Freeman, RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com, coming to you today for how to prepare for the future. All right, this is, uh, I've got some questions uh, from guys on what to expect from the future, how to prepare for it, and I wanted to get into that for you. So this is something that I've studied lightly. I'm not an expert, I'm not a futurist, but it is something I've studied for the last decade or so. I've looked into not on, um, a super deep level, but I've, I know what most of the main theories are for the future, either utopian or dystopian. However, uh, being a prop trader in my early 20s, I learned very, very clearly from being smacked around by the market so many times that you cannot predict the future and that the past does not predict the future, right? The past and the present does not predict the future. However, following the trends, is a smart thing to do if you want to be a player in the game of life and the past and present might not predict the future but they are the best places to look for what to expect from the future okay so the present right now we are in the greatest uh, technology revolution in the history of the world this is the greatest revolution since Gutenberg in the printing press, and it's going to make Gutenberg in the printing press look like absolutely nothing. And what I'm talking about is the internet, as well as all the technologies surrounding the internet. And it is moving at an exponential rate, meaning extremely quickly. And not only is it the greatest technological revolution of all time, it is going to be the fastest with every year something monumental and, and um, different is, is coming to market. So, like if you, if, you, if you just look at what's happened in the last decade or so, you've got from laptops to tablets to smartphones to wearable technology, which isn't quite there, but it's going to be, and VR to where VR headsets, people are actually using them. Uh, in television, okay, you look at there was a 30-year gap between the black and white TV and the color TV. And both of them were still relatively the same technology, just now it was in color. Over the last decade, we've had plasma to LCD to LED to HD. Uh, now you have the 4G. You know, we've gone up from 720 to 1080 to, you know, now we're in the thousands of, of what they're able to generate in these 4G TVs. And now you've got the virtual reality TV. Uh, the AR TV, augmented reality, and all kinds of crazy, crazy things. And this is happening, you know, every year something new comes out, right? So this is what I mean by an exponential rate of growth. It's like a hockey stick, you know, in, in startups, they call it hockey stick traction when things start to grow very quickly. And this is what's happening. And this is just the beginning. I mean, this is going to be the, the absolute dawn of a new human... Um, development new it's hard to even define because it's going to be such a massive game changer and we are just at the beginning of that even though the internet is 17 years old or so we are still very much in the beginning phase of this this massive revolution and already the internet is changing so quickly you've got um you know social media has now become uh, a viable alternative for google search so i'm, I'm speaking to you on youtube which is almost as popular as Google search. The same goes for Facebook. Uh, the same uh, goes for Amazon. These are all their own 
ecosystems now. Uh, it's, it's moved well beyond Web, web 2.0 into legitimate challenges to search. And then you've got the other stuff that's coming out, like nanotech and self-driving cars, and it's insane. Everything is coming very quickly. So what does that mean for you as a player in the game of life, which is the primary strategy that I always advocate for you guys? What does that mean for you? What does it mean for the future? And how do you prepare for the future? And the question is, it's not about predicting for the future. It is preparing and being in the right position for the future. Okay, so I'm going to give you, uh, how many do I have? Seven. Seven major keys for how I'm going to predict or, or prepare and position myself for the future and what I would recommend for you to do. So number one is become a producer if you aren't already. All right. Become a producer, not a consumer. So you've got the greatest revolution in all human history, and you should want a piece of that, all right? You should be saying, I'm going to get a piece of that, right? You cannot respect to expect to rely on someone for the next 50 years working the same job and retiring with a gold watch like your father or perhaps grandfather might have done. That is beyond dead and gone, all right? Not, not coming back anytime soon, most likely ever. And whatever skill set you have now most likely will be irrelevant and redundant at some point in either the near future or the midterm future. So you're going to be looking at tons of industries being automated uh, if they're not being automated already. Um, you might not even get a decade out of it. You know, when I was a prop trader in my early 20s, I was making an absolute fortune. And then I wasn't because uh, our industry became my niche, my arbitrage niche became automated. And just like that, I was out of a job. Well, I wasn't out of a job. I tried a few different things, but I wasn't able to make money. Our niche was finished. And my skill set as a trader was completely non-transferable. So I had to find a way to get back in. I tried a bunch of businesses, they didn't work. So I had to go back into the workforce, um, had to sell my way into a sales job you know, using my skills as a trader and lying uh, to get my foot in the door, which I talk about in my book, How to Sell, um, because my skills were untransferable. And this is something that if you're planning to be the work in to be in the workforce, you're going to have to constantly keep doing stuff like that because your skills will become uh, redundant and relevant and you'll be out on your ass, which is why I don't recommend being in the workforce. I recommend being an owner. I'm an owner now and life is way better because it doesn't matter um, if your skills are re redundant or irrelevant. Uh, my trading skills are redundant and irrelevant. It doesn't matter. I'm, you know, my sales skills, I'm not doing those anymore. What I am doing is owning revenue. And when you own revenue and you have that business acumen, that will get you through the next 50 years because you're always in control of your own stream and you can't be fired. And if your skills become irrelevant, then you just outsource them to someone who's smarter than you, right? When there's going to be a lot of guys freelancing because there's going to be a lot of companies going out of business and a lot of people are going to have to fend for themselves. All right. And those are the guys that, that you can hire to do work for you. Just like on my site, I get people to do um, if I'm having technical problems or something like that, I just go into Upwork and get that handled. But I am constantly able to make money because I am an owner, I'm a producer, and I focus on producing high-quality stuff uh, for you guys. Or at least I hope that's how you feel because I, I, I try to, let's say. So that's number one, become a producer. 
And that is the most important one. Number two is learn how to sell. All right, learn how to sell. I spent the better part of my uh, 20s as a salesman, and it's the most important skill that I ever learned, hands down. Uh, and it's the most important skill that you, ha you can have as a producer, okay? You need to know how to sell as a producer. When you know how to sell, you will always be able to make money. When you can't sell, you will starve as a producer. That's it. It is the most crucial sell uh, skill that you have to learn how to sell. And sales will always be relevant. That's a skill that's never going away. Now, the, the method might change, like uh, cold calling, which is how I learned, might not be around a decade ago, a decade from now, but it actually might be. Because when I started um, my cold calling job, they said that I would read articles like cold calling is not gonna be around in the next decade. And it's a decade from that, nah, it's almost a decade, and cold calling is definitely still around. My friends are still making the same money, doing the same amount of outbound calls every single day. Um, many of them bring in $40,000 in revenue from strictly just cold calling. Uh, with some of the companies that they work for, the dinosaur management doesn't ha even have a marketing, um, an inbound marketing strategy through Facebook or, or Google Ads. It's all just these guys cold calling. And they're still making a fortune. It still could be relevant a decade from now. However, I'm not sure. If you want to see how I did that and, and how to sell and how to go into the corporate game, learn how to sell on their dime, make a bunch of money, get out and take those skills and move it into uh, service business, well, you can check out my book, How to Sell, which you can find at my site, revolutionarylifestyledesign.com slash books. And uh, you can see me using my sales skills right there, as I just told you, which I try and do at least every other video. Um, so that's number two, learn how to sell. Those one and two are non-negotiable. You gotta be a producer, you gotta learn how to sell, okay? If you wanna have a, a good quality of life, it's just non-negotiable. Um, you don't have to read my book, but you do have to learn how to sell. Number three is stay on your game, all right? As a producer, you need to be constantly iterating, constantly tweaking uh, your products, your services, your sales, and your marketing. For example, I started uh, RLD close to five years ago now, perhaps four and a half, almost five years ago. And a lot has changed since I started, not just in my education. Uh, there, there was so much of that I didn't know, but in, in terms of that, I started what was a website and, or I guess a blog you could say, and in that time, blogging has died for the most part uh, because 80% uh, of online content now is video, okay? And it went from being 70% of people watching on their desktop to 70% on their smartphone mobile device. Okay, so that's changed massively as well. And in that time I've adopted, or I've adapted to that change and you see that now you are, there's a 50% chance you are watching this on YouTube as opposed to my site. And you are seeing that I'm doing a ton of videos because not only is video the future, but video is the present. 75, 80% of people are watching content on video. Young guys don't read anymore. Uh, they listen to podcasts. They listen to audible books on Kindle. So this is a major thing that's happened and something that I've already adapted to. And I mean, that's just the beginning, okay? Now there's always gonna be lifestyle design as long as there's humans, people are gonna to wanna to learn how to live better. But as far as where's that gonna go, I'm not sure. The next, the next move that I see is VR technology. I'm gonna see people watching YouTube on their televisions as YouTube moves towards trying to replace, um, you know, TV channels, which they're already doing. I'm seeing 
uh, from 3% to 10% of people are watching this on YouTube TV. Uh, so I'm going to have to be on uh, VR, I'm going to have to, or AR, whatever it is, beaming this into wearable tech. I'm going to have to keep adapting to whatever the new technology is. And the new technology is moving very quickly. So I have to stay on the game and, um, you know, keep giving you the content in the way that you want it. And I let the marketplace dictate how they want the content delivered. All right. This is what you need to do in your business as well. You need to continue to evolve and then you need to outsource what you can't or don't want to do, uh, which I've started to do it hosting tech problems. Um, even marketing is, is moving so fast. Facebook just got ads got insanely good, uh, which I've been learning, but that changes every, every month. Okay. At some point I'm going to have to have someone to do all this stuff for me because it's moving so quickly and there is so much money to be made um, if you're an expert on those things. All right. So that's very important. And the way that I define staying on your game is knowing your market plus sales plus business acumen. And business acumen is like your business IQ, right? The more you, the more you um, start businesses and work on your business, the higher your business acumen gets. And that's very important. And so when you, when you stay on your game, you keep getting paid even after your skills are irrelevant. All right. So let me give you an example. Programming is one of the most in-demand skills right now. And a lot of, a lot of young guys ask me what service business they can, they should do. If you're a really smart guy, I recommend programming. Okay. Now, does that mean that your the programming skills you learn at 18 to 22 are going to be relevant when you're 40? Absolutely not. Um, does, does that mean that a lot of programming won't be automated? No, but for the next decade, uh, if you stay on top of your skills, you know, from 22 to 32, you can be relevant. You can be on the edge and, and a leader in your field. And in that time, you know, while you're building your business, you learn how to sell, you learn how to get clients, you learn how to keep clients, you learn how to build a nice website so your, your business looks nice, you learn Facebook ads and Google ads, and you learn how to market. Then as your skills start becoming irrelevant and, you know, the younger guys are smarter and hungrier and you're hitting 32 and you're, you're the rock star developers are 22, 23 because they're, they're fresh and young and all that stuff. Well, you have a thriving business and you can outsource your tasks to those guys as your skills become less relevant and you become less relevant and you, you, your acumen and you've stayed on your game and, and you've learned how to sell and all those things have gone up. So now you get to not only stay in business, but to increase your business as you outsource and reinvest those profits into um, other contractors to do work for you, right? As opposed to if you had just chosen a programming job and you start to become 32 and your skills start to become less relevant, unless you move up to middle management, which is, you know, not that fun anyways, uh, you're going to be looking for a new job because, because you're going to be out the door because you're irrelevant, right? As opposed to when you're an owner, you're, it doesn't matter if your skills become irrelevant because you have the skill of business ownership. You have that acumen and you've stayed on your game and you follow the trends and, and you've outsourced the things that need to be done. All right. So staying on your game is very important. Keeping up with your markets, keeping up with all the new things that are coming through the pipe because everything's changing so quickly in this day and age. And you really got to be on top of that. Number four, get to the 1%. Okay. If you remember back in the, you know, a couple years ago, this Occupy the Wall Street protesting the 1%. This is uh, pointless because this is nature. Nature is unequal. Um, 
this is this is just how it, nature works. Uh, people at the top get the best of everything. And it's not fair and it's not just, but it's how it is and you can't change the world. So the smart thing to do is to try and get yourself to that top 1%, all right? And the world is becoming and will become increasingly more polarized in the future, which means that there's the gap between uh, rich people and poor people is getting greater and life at the bottom is shit as it always is. So you've got an increasing gap between the rich and the poor. You've also got an increasing gap between the smart and the dumb people, which is just my opinion. And I think a lot of that has come down to the dumbed down education system um, and the dumbed down culture that we have, you know, with, with just like the bachelor and just the dumbest media available instead of people reading books. And on the other hand, we have the internet, which is the greatest equalizer and the greatest knowledge builder in the world if you take advantage of it. So you've got a lot of dumb people uh, or people getting dumbed down by the school system and, and going online to, to watch just dumb videos and, and they've got these tiny attention spans. But then you have a bunch of guys who are going online and reading everything available, history, you know, psychology, sales, marketing. There's so much available to you. And the stuff that I've been reading two, three, four hours a day for the last decade and my intelligence, both the breadth and depth of my knowledge has gone up. And I've seen this also with a lot of sites that I read, very intelligent guys in the comments section over the last five years, so many more intelligent, really intelligent bloggers, um, you know, of every discipline are coming up. And so on the flip side, you're also getting these really smart guys, okay, um, who are competing with you to in the top 1%, which is where you want to be. So that gap, that polarized world is is increasing very much. And you want to make sure very much that you are on the side of the smart guys and that you are moving towards that 1%. And this is especially important because the differential between the rich and the poor is only going to get bigger in terms of quality of life. And I'm talking about stuff like healthcare, uh, the transhumanist technology, nanotechnology to repair yourself, uh, bionic arms, whatever it is. Like when you have money, the the difference between you and just the person with without money is going to be so vast, right? As we start to merge with machines and have all these other things available to you, you're, you're really going to be want, want to be on the side of the guy who can afford to buy um, you know, that kind of healthcare and that kind of, um, systems upgrades. So that's very important. Okay. Stuff like baldness is going to be gone. Anti-aging, um, injury are going to be able to be healed. You're going to have robot assistance most likely, but that's going to be for the top 1% of people, right? And that's where you want to be. However, um, that might sound intimidating. Okay. But keep in mind, top 1% is like for the world is something like 50 grand a year, right? If not less in Thailand is less that, you know, a doctor here makes something like, um, 40 grand a year. Okay. So you, if you have an online business making four grand a month, you can hop on a plane to Thailand and be in the top 1% uh, today. Um, right now, if you wanted to, or Columbia or any of these other things. And again, guys, I'm not trying to push the digital nomad lifestyle down your throat. I don't like the idea of the digital nomad, I just think it's smart to think of it yourself in terms of just an entrepreneur, okay? And where's the best place for you? And how is the best way for you to get into the, the top 1%, all right? And you can do it in the US, you can go to a small town in Arizona, cut your 
expenses down very low um, and, and help you save and, and get your business going and get into that top 1%. Okay. Just remember that you are a citizen of the world. Okay. You, it is now, it is now a world. It's a small world at this point. You are a citizen of the world. You can go anywhere and forget about changing the world. Okay. Forget about changing the world. Um, you know, you can't. Smart thing to do as a player in the game of life, instead of changing the world, get to the top 1%. That's what you want to do, okay? Number five, hope for the best. So much cool tech and, and life-changing and happiness-increasing um, technologies coming through the pipes in the next 30 years, barring some uh, black swan dystopian comets hitting the earth or something along those lines. The increase in lifespan by the time we get to our 70s and 80s is, I mean, assuming trends continue, it's going to be quite big. Um, increase in our health. We're not going to age like our parents. Uh, the increase in drugs to make you feel happier and to take away pain, stuff like that is going to go up. Um, virtual reality, sex robots, the video games 20, 30 years from now with the VR are going to be insane and and. You're going to have guys like me who are going to be in their 50s or, or I guess 60s by then who are still going to be playing these crazy games and a lot of cool stuff. Um, and I like the idea of thinking positive for the future. I like the idea of envisioning a positive scenario for the future, like looking at the positive like I always do. Um, because since you can't predict it, well, you might as well look at what the positive things are going to be in the future and, and trying to determine it that way. Okay. Sure. There's still going to be wars and disease, most likely if we're judging past its historical trends, but if you're in the top 1%, then you've moved yourself away to a safe country and you've protected yourself and that's not going to affect you. Um, God willing. Okay. And if you're in the top 1%, you will actually be able to in afford all the cool stuff that is going to come down uh, the pipes in, in a positive future scenario. However, point six is, point five is um, hope for the best, but point six is prepare for the worst, okay? So the worst is like a black swan, uh, US economic collapse, um, you know, US is 19 trillion down. And, you know, since I've been reading stuff for the last 15 years, they've been saying the collapse is gonna happen this year. Collapse might happen in the next couple of decades, but it also might not. Uh, it took Rome a long time to fall, right? It took Rome 100 years uh, as an empire to fall. And that collapse might be pushed off 75 years as they renegotiate the debt, just like they do with, you know, third world banana republics. They, the bankers say, okay, we'll take, you know, your water supply and these assets and then, you know, we'll privatize this and that. But they renegotiate the debt. They put another 30-year timeline on it. They take more interest more taxes, this and that, and they, they kick the can down the road. How long they're able to do that for, I don't know. Could be another, could be 20 years from now, but it could be seven years from now. We don't know. However, I'm just saying prepare for that and, or prepare for a personal black swan, which is like ID theft, okay? So what you wanna start doing is start studying the intelligent, um, uh, independent man type of sites, free man type of sites. I'm talking about flag theory. I'm talking about nomad capitalist. I'm talking about um, international man. Uh, Caleb Jones from blackdragon.com, black, blackdragonblog.com, I'm sorry. And uh, Caleb Jones blog has some good stuff as well. 
Also, I'm 35, and I, as I continue to get experience in these areas, I will have I will be giving you that international man uh, content, and I will have a forum and, and products on that as well. Um, so keep keep posted on my site for that within the next 10 years. Okay, and basically what the strategy comes down to is is you can read about the five flags theory. It means multiple passports, means multiple bank accounts. Uh, ideally, you're going to have some physical gold like actually owning it in your hand as well as silver, uh, bonds, T-bills, whatever, okay? And all this stuff is legal, guys. This is basically uh, rich man. You're trying to learn from what guys who are really wealthy are doing now, and then you have sites like this who are distilling that information for you, and then you're able to do it, and you're able to do it within the bounds of the law, okay? Because smart, wealthy guys are able to protect themselves and live so much better than the average person. And they're not breaking the law to do it, okay? They're doing that within the bounds of the law. And I'm talking about uh, legal tax avoidance, okay? Not tax evasion, which is illegal, but like legal tax avoidance, structuring things offline, or sorry, um, in, in, in the proper jurisdictions, living outside of perhaps your primary, um, uh, where you were born, if you're born in the US, but all this stuff done legally, okay? Maybe buying a cheap house outside of the Western world. Okay, I've got my set site on, on somewhere in Southeast Asia. Maybe a condo or a cheap house. Okay, I know I, I told you guys not to buy a house, but that is primarily for buy a house in the West, which costs like $700,000 or something like that, when you can get a, a nice house here for 40, 50 grand. And the idea is not as an asset uh, or for appreciation, but more as a hedge in case shit goes wrong, okay? And in those two videos and articles that I did on why you shouldn't buy real estate or invest in real estate, I did have an exception for if you can buy the house outright. And for the small amount of people who are planning to live outside of the Western world, having a house can also help you get um, permanent residency in a certain country if it, it can count as an investment. So that, that can be... Um, you know, an added asset for you to to protect yourself, as well as a place to keep, um, you know, your gold or your silver, or, or you know, you can keep it in a safety deposit, wh wherever you want. But it can be another asset. Um, then you want like a legit mastermind group, okay? And a legit mastermind group is not is usually not uh, someone advertising a mastermind group, okay? Now, I'll have a forum. I'll probably have Facebook groups and stuff like that, and you know, I'll have a place for guys to get together, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about um, for you yourself to have a group of like maybe 10 guys you're friends with who are uh, winners. You, you're able to meet up offline. You're able to plot strategy. Uh, they support you in your business and help you make more money. You do the same. Um, and perhaps you live together in a community and, you know, if shit hits the fan, if you need to get bailed out of a situation, you can call on one of these guys to have like a tribe of legit winners that you're able to um, talk with is very important. Okay, it's something I'm building right now um, here in Chiang Mai. We've got a couple of guys and it's a very good thing to have. Okay, so finally, in terms of preparing for the worst, to me, it's about asset protection and diversification over appreciation all right and what i mean by that is appreciation i think the smart way to do that is in a 
it, uh, your business, your high margin business, okay? Like I recommend you doing a service business where you can get a thousand percent return. Um, an e-commerce business, you can get very high rates of return, especially if it's a drop shipping uh, type of a business. I've got a friend making a lot on AliExpress right now and doing drop shipping, very high margins. You know, you're always going to have to be um, looking for the new niche and all that, but this is how it goes. And, you know, don't expect the stock market to return the 8% that it's returned over the last 100 years in the U.S. And don't expect to get rich off the market, okay? The way that you're going to get rich is off, off a business and reinvesting into a high margin business. And then my advice is to use the money that you make, like, to, to use it to protect yourself first, okay? To use it to protect yourself before you're thinking about stocks and things like that in terms of appreciation. Look at it more from the point of asset protection, diversification, and get the most of your appreciation from your business. And then when you can't reinvest in your business anymore and your assets, you know, you, you've got a house somewhere in, in um, you know, a cheap country and you've got all the physical assets and, and passports and bank accounts, then you can worry about asset appreciation through perhaps the stock market. At least that's my take on it. And number seven, okay, is, oh, sorry, uh, last point on number six is forget about pension, social security, all that stuff is going to be bankrupt by the time you get there. So um, you're going to have to take care of yourself. Also, uh, forget about retiring. Um, if you have a mission, you're not going to want to retire. Okay, and if you play it right, you can retire into your 60s, but um, if you have a mission, you're going to want to keep doing it most likely, okay? And... I know that I'm going to be hopefully doing this until my 70s if I make it this far. Uh, you can retire, but it, you know, it depends on how much money you make. If you're in the top 1% and you've done really well, you'd be able to retire. But you, know, you want to pick something where you want to keep working. But the point is forget about pension, Social Security. All that shit's going to be um, bankrupt. Okay, So you're going to have to take care of yourself. Number seven, control what you can control. So... That section might have scared you a little bit, prepare for the worst, but don't worry if you don't have a business right now, okay? Don't worry, just put one foot in front of the other and whatever happens, if some crazy black swan happens five years from now, which I don't think it will, um, you'll, you'll just play that to the best of your abilities. If you're a smart guy, you'll be able to play through it, okay? Uh, everyone, you know, chaos means opportunity and if you're smart, there's always gonna be an opportunity for you no matter what happens, okay? But whether it's not just whether it's like an economic collapse, it could be the singularity or the demonetization chip where, you know, they put the chip in you and all that stuff. And I've been hearing that's going to happen in the next year for like 15 years. OK, so don't get too um, wrapped up in the fear mongering. OK, recognize that a lot of these conspiracy sites sell you on this fear so that you can buy physical gold and survival prep from them. OK, a lot of that is a sales tactic. Now, do I know when this stuff's going to happen or if it's going to happen? We don't know, okay? But the same goes for like one of these Terminator Skynet scenarios where the robots develop intelligence and they turn on the human masters, okay? Chances are the singularity, the demonetization chip, the Terminator Skynet scenario, that's 50 years off, all right? That's 50 years off and at least in if you're counting the entire world, Okay. Like, literally, I'm looking out, I'm here in Thailand, I'm in a brand new building, a brand new um, condo, but I'm looking at my window and I see, still see houses with, you know, little tin roofs, okay? And it's a 
0.9% um, physical cash economy here. There's very few places outside of like um, the major high-end supermarkets where I can pay with debit. I can't even pay with debit in 7-Eleven. I have to t I have to pay in physical cash, okay? So they're not on, even on um, a debit or a card system here, let alone like the physical chip. And, you know, some of that stuff might accelerate in the West. But again, when you start thinking about yourself as a global citizen, there are countries like Thailand where they're, they're you know, 20 years behind, at least in terms of those things. They have modern internet, modern buildings, but they're 20 years behind in terms of that. And Africa is way behind on that. So like, you know, don't worry about, um, you know, a lot of these things are, are most likely, even if they're going to happen 30 to 40 years away, at least in my opinion. Okay. So don't worry too much about that stuff. Control what you can control. Okay. And the futurist guys are as bad as the political guys in terms of LARPing about shit outside of their control. Messaging, commenting all the time about stuff that they can't control. When in reality, it's like, I know those guys don't have businesses because they're spending all their time fucking making comments, you know, worrying about these disaster scenarios politically or, um, you know, futurist style. If you had a business, you wouldn't have time to make all those comments. What you really need to worry about, okay, is your current wealth situation of getting your own revenue stream, um, your business up and running, getting money coming in, and your current health, okay? That's what's important. That's what you need to worry about. Owning revenue and, you know, avoiding cancer or a heart attack. Like, realistic, real-world shit, all right? Not future fucking maybe scenarios, okay? You've got a 50% chance of dying from cancer or a heart attack. And one out of seven people don't make it 65 just from those those diseases right there all right the future is very unpredictable but do not spend your entire time worrying about something that might happen 40 years from now when you're fucking 65. here's the smart plan okay you plan for the next decade i don't look past the next decade i live 50 percent for today all right and 50 percent over what's going to help me in the next decade i can't see what life is going to be like when I'm 70, I'm 35 now. I can't see what's life's going to be like the next 35 years from now. All right. Or if I'm even going to be alive at that point. So I'm not worried about it. Right. I'm worried about what's going on right now today. And I'm worried about what my life is going to look like in the next decade. I can see 45 relatively clearly. I know where I want to be at 45. I have all my goals and my mission set to 45. Okay. That's a smart way to do it. And it's all about staying on your game in business, your health, saving cash, uh, protecting yourself, your assets as your business starts to grow, and you know, staying with the program and, and basically the stuff that I, that I outlined for you over the next decade. Now, I'm not saying piss all your money away and forget about retirement. No, plan for the next decade, save money, um, but stop trying to see 70 because we're in the most chaotic time in, in history. You, it's, it's going to be impossible for you to predict what technology is going to be like at 70. You can only think in terms of probabilities, okay? And you'll drive yourself crazy worrying about that. So just worry about 50% what's going on today, 50% in the next decade, and follow the strategies that I outlined. And that's where you want to aim to be, okay? Just, just aim to be in the best position that you can be. Okay, don't worry like, well, I don't have a business yet and I don't have multiple passports and I don't have multiple bank accounts. That's okay. 
just aim to get up every day to move yourself towards a better position and try and be in the best position you can be without worrying yourself to death and ruining your current moment, okay? Which is why I say live 50% for now and then live 50% in a reasonable future timeline, which is the next decade, which means like saving your money, building the business, um, keeping your health together by going to the gym, you know, working on uh, understanding, you know, how you're going to uh, diversify your assets and things like that, studying, all that good stuff. All right, so so that's that's where you want to be. You want to be a player in the game, and you want to be the best prepared for the future. But you don't want to kill yourself um, worrying about what's going to happen. All right. So hopefully those seven tips um, are useful to you, and I really think that if you follow those, you're going to be one of the best prepared people for the future. And I think that we can have a really awesome future as long as we focus on being top 1%, stay on top of our game and, um, you know, keep focused on it and not worrying too much. So that's my take on it. Let me know your take in the comment section. Check me out at revolutionarylifestyledesign.com. Check me out on Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud. And check out all my books over at revolutionarylifestyledesign.com slash books. As always, much love to you and all the best in your personal development journey.